Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. to the porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics. We examine the Word of God. We focus on the book of Acts Church. We take the example of how they served the Lord and what they did, and we apply it to today, to this world, to the world that needs to be shaken one last time before the return of the King. We dig deeper into Scripture. We don't water it down. We don't filter it. We take it as it's written. <coughs> Excuse me. Allergy season. We follow the red letter basics that the Lord gave us. The porch was created to restore the priesthood of the believer. We believe the day of Pentecost that the fire still falls for anyone who needs it and burns inside all of us that have it. The Porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida non-for-profit since January of 2000. On Solomon'sPorch.org is its main site. But we're FirefallTalkRadio.com. You can contact us there. You can support us. We appreciate each and every one of you that do. So welcome to all our listeners, whether it's here on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, however you listen to us. Feel free to share, download, let people know what we're doing in preparing the remnant for these end times. Yes, we are in the end times. I did say that, and I've said it before, and if you want to hear more about that, show up on Sunday nights or whenever you get an alert that Overwatch is being posted or being done live. We did one this past weekend. Uh, Joe Citrone joined us. And um, I believe it went really well. If you appreciate what you do, write us. Go to FirefallTalkRadio.com. Go to one of our social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, however you need to do it. Just let us know. That's where we talk about the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic that's going on. I could cover it here, but there's so much to cover and to talk about. We do it on Overwatch. But the one thing we must remember... We are to be fearless, not foolish, prepared, not panicked, prayerful, not fearful, standing on the word of the Lord, not running in fear. And uh, we discuss a lot of the different aspects of this on Overwatch. So join us there. If you're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash supernatural response team. And it's now called the SRT Overwatch page. So starting out with praise reports and prayer requests, yes, you can find things to praise the Lord for in these dark times. Matter of fact, 
It's the best time to do that. Of course, I praise him for my home in which I'm doing this from. Uh, my lovely wife, our two sons, our two daughter-in-laws, our one little wonderful grandson, our furry kids, and every possession that we have. I praise him for his protection over each and every one of us, that Psalm 91 covering that keeps all pestilence or plagues from our dwelling. I praise him for the dreams and the visions and him allowing me to work this ministry for him. It's his ministry. I praise him for his healing virtues that are still available to us. He didn't say we wouldn't go through hard times. He just said he would go through them with us. We live in a fallen world and bad things happen. I praise him to be able to praise him in everything, no matter what, I praise him. Praise him for his favor and the revelation. I praise him for his word. I praise him for his Holy Spirit. I praise him for the the internal nature and how he talks to us and walks with us and everything that he does for us and through us. We are new creations. I praise him for that. We're living in prophetic times. I praise him for that. It tells me he's getting ready to return. And that is something to get excited about. I praise him for living in America. I know some people have some gripes about that, but truthfully, I don't care. Because I am thanking the Lord that I live in this country, that he's allowed me to be born here and to be able to serve him here. And the signs and the wonders that we're seeing, and I'm seeing other people say it, everybody's expecting the return of the king. So let's pray. Let's pray for the Middle East, Israel, and the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122.6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Well, Lord, I know I do, and I know people that do, so I'm praying that we prosper in accordance with your word. I praise him, and I pray for America, its leaders, and all of its citizens. Right now, at this time of tribulation and testing, we will come through this, and we will come through it together. We'll come through it by the grace of God. We'll come through it in prayer, and it will be a testimony to the ages that come after us. I pray for the fatherless and the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice. I pray I pray against the slaughter of the innocents and those that have been victimized. I pray for the missing and exploited children, the victims of sex trafficking, an utterly satanic, demonic enterprise. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. some of them right now, and languishing in prisons while all the other criminals have been let out due to the virus. They've been left behind. I pray, Lord, that you would send angels to minister to them, that your Holy Spirit would cover them, that you would be a shield about them, a glory, the the glory and lifter of their head. I pray against religious persecution and anti-Semitism, the spirit of the Antichrist, We see it happening. We see it coming. We know it's been prophesied to happen. Doesn't mean we have to like it. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as we get back to our divine design to serve him, to walk with him, to to do what he needs us to do. I pray for healing in my my wife and in all those that have been injured or had some kind of calamity befall them. I pray you'd be healed inside and out, that he would restore what the enemy has stolen, and that he would bless each and every one of you. If you're sick right now, just just 
claim and believe that he is still the great physician. He is still the divine physician. His word is yea and amen. It has not died. It has not stopped. Even he's not dead. He's alive. And his word is alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. So we don't we don't agree with sickness and disease. We know it's a part of this world. We know we can't escape it, but it doesn't mean we have to accept it. So I'm praying right now that whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, that you would be healed in Yeshua's name. Praying for protection, that Psalm 91 covering I mentioned. I'm, I'm praying for inspiration, for revelation. I'm praying for the remnant to wake up. I've been talking to a lot of different people over the last couple of days, and the, they, they get it. It's the remnant that's going to do this end times job. It's the remnant that's going to answer the call. But we got to wake up. we got to rise up. We have to answer that call to action. And for those that have been blessed in the natural to bless us and those that need it so we can go forward. SRT needs it. The porch needs it. Firefall needs it. There's people that need help. We want to go help. I'm praying that everything we've been working on from the documentary and all the current things that are in process, that they would be blessed and that they would prosper in accordance with his words and that the open conduits, the open doors of his blessings to bring that flow, to bring the provision, to bring the inspiration, to bring the people would, would come forth. That even if it starts out as a, a trickle, that it would come forth in a flood, that we would be mobile, that mobility is the answer once we're cleared, once we're told we don't have to stay inside and continue to pray with us and for us and illegal matters that just keep seem to dragging on. What a what an ugly world system. Praying for divine favor that for uh, us and our son and daughter-in-law and, and, and just we need this to be over with. Also praying for my brother Larry is going through a, a legal issue. It just seems like every time I turn, turn around, the enemy's got people tied up. Um, Stacy didn't write in. So her and her family have had some adversity today, so keep them in your prayers. Uh, Kim in Fort Mitchell, she simply said, I'm praying for the world. I'm trusting God with all my heart. So, Father, we love you. First of all, we have to tell you that. We love you, Abba. You are the only hope that we have. Lord, you're all that we have. We can't trust this world. We can't trust the world's system. We can't even trust man. Man will fail us, but you never will. You'll never forsake us or abandon us. You're always with us. Your Holy Spirit's always in us. So right now, we petition you. We come to your throne of grace and mercy as your children, saying, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, You've heard our needs, you've heard our desires, and we stand in expectancy that you would answer them, that you would deliver them, that you would deliver us. We pray your hedge of protection around us and all that we know during this pandemic. You left us behind in a fallen world, Lord, to do, your, to do a job for you, and we're here. We're just asking for the protection and the provision needed to finish the job so that we can help clear the highway and prepare the way for the return of the king because, let, let's be honest, we just want to see you face to face. We want to see everything go back to the way it should have been. No more death, no more dying. But until then, 
We thank you. We thank you for everything. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that resides in us, that abides in us. We thank you for the miracles and the signs and wonders and everything that is happening and about to happen in a way that the world has never seen it before and that you've allowed us to be a part of it. And I just pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So for 12 weeks now, I think it's 12 weeks, we've stayed on the same topic, and I don't choose to do a series of teachings. The Lord gives me a topic, and I stay on it until he releases me. And as yet, he has not released me from the awakening remnant, and now we're talking about the armor of God. We started it last week. But I've been asking you a question. Are you remnant ready? Well, with everything going on in the world, how about now? Are you ready? Is it a priority yet for you to be ready? To be remnant ready, you need, to get, you need to make this personal. This needs to become personal to you. It needs to become personal for you. It needs to become personal between you and him and for his church. As you look at the news, as you see what's going on in the world and the people that are dying and suffering and everything that's happening, not just from, from this pandemic, but from everything the enemy is doing. Is it personal yet? This is not the time for dead religion. It's not the time for the cold external ritual that the enemy tricked the church into agreeing with. It's a time about a relationship, a relationship with the living God, a relationship of love for him and for his creation, a relationship of interaction between us and him with the Holy Spirit being the connector, being the um, conduit or the, uh, the, the conductor, the electrical conductor between us and him, the abiding agent of faith. He empowers our faith. He empowers our belief. He encourages us. See, that's what it was all about in Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, when he told them, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. The Holy Spirit is vital. That dunamis, that power, that dynamic, explosive, kinetic power of the Holy Spirit, it's self-replicating. It never goes down, but we have to participate in it. We feed it with the word. We feed it with prayer. We feed it with praise. And in everything that's going on right now, if you're not doing that, why? Why, why are you not doing that? 
We need the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need the, the, the light of the Lord, the, the sunlight, the S-O-N light, to, to make that fruit grow and to expand it, and, and we become fruitful as we go out and witness to the world. We need to walk in the light. You know, we used to walk in darkness and not think anything about it. But now we are light in the Lord. We must walk as children of the light, bringing that fruit of the Spirit, goodness, righteousness, which is a word you're going to hear a lot tonight, and truth. It takes light to help people in dark times. Light dispels darkness. Romans 13, 11, and 12, And do this knowing the time, that it is now high time to awake out of our sleep. Do you hear that? Wake up. Maybe you have brothers and sisters in the Lord. Maybe you have family members. Maybe you need to send them a text message or a voicemail or call them up and say, Wake up! Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand, which means we've hit midnight. We've hit that dark, dark hour. But now we're heading towards the dawn, and we have to cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Why? Because light dispels darkness. As you look about the world, stop complaining about the condition of the world and do something about it. Shine. Uh, Radiate. Do whatever you need to do, whether it's a little flicker or a blazing torch. You, you You need to get the fire of the Holy Spirit. If you never had it, get it. If you used to have it, get it back. Because the darkness, which is simply the absence of light, and we say the works of darkness, we mean that their efforts and and what they're doing in the shadows, what they're doing where there's no light. Go with me to Romans 13, 13, verses 13 and 14. I'm going to read the Amplified Version. Let us live and conduct ourselves honorably, and becomingly as in the open light of day, not in revel, reveling or carousing or drunkenness, not in immorality and debauchery, you know, the sensuality and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy, but clothe yourself in Adonai Yeshua HaMashiach, in Lord Jesus the Messiah, and make no provision. Don't provide for it. Don't feed it. For the indulgence of the flesh. And and cease and stop thinking about the evil cravings of our physical nature. And folks, you gotta stop feeding it. You gotta stop feeding that zombie, that dead person inside of you. Let let him let him lay dead. Otherwise you start to gratify its desires and its lusts. What Paul was saying there was he was emphasizing a high standard of conduct, moral and spiritual. And he was doing it based upon the the nearness of the Lord. And you can say, well, well, Richard, that's like uh, almost 2,000 years ago. There's no time in the spirit realm. We're measuring time. 
60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, and so on. I believe he's always been ready. He's just been waiting for us to do what we were supposed to do, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. But the way to have this life, this moral excellence, first we have to put on the Lord, which means we have to submit to his lordship. We have to accept his moral standards, not the world, not your churches, his. We need to live in a constant fellowship with him, and we need to depend upon his strength, which is imparted into us by the Holy Spirit. The other thing is we can't make any provision for the flesh. We can't do anything to feed the needs of our flesh. And that scripture says we need to do it in the open light of day. People need to see it. This is how we're called to live. Even now as you go to the store and you you know people are wearing the masks and the gloves and the outfits, um, we need to smile. We need to not be afraid. We need to put on that armor of light. We need to be clothed in him. We need to let the spirit sink into a, into our garments so that we we radiate we're luminous of the the luminescence of the holy spirit coming out of our eyes and every pore of our body that was the promise of the father that was what he endued us with on power from on high not to put on a show not to gather around to see the gifts or or clamor to be entertained it was about doing a job that military term, tarry, stand, stand still, settle down, wait for it. Sometimes it takes settling down for him to bless you, for him to soak into you. And like I said from Acts, we were called to be witnesses to him and only him. Not to pastors, not to preachers, not to televangelists, not to denominations, not to churches. We're supposed to be witnesses to him, of him, and for him, nothing else. And this reset that we're going through right now, folks, this is a reset. This is a reset of society. This is a reset of the way of life. This is a reset of even the church And my prayer sincerely is that in this time it brings to the end the whole superstar Christianity, one-man show mentality. The smoke and the mirrors and the lights and the show and the megachurches. I pray that they go out of business and the church gets gets driven back into the homes, back into the storefronts, back into the, uh, the small meeting places. That's what I believe will shake the world one last time. Not the big churches, not traditional church, that remnant that gathers in those small groups. Whew, just a little jacked up at the moment. Ephesians 6, 12 and 13, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. That's the life of a believer right there. We say, well, Richard, I'm, I'm really not into spiritual warfare. I don't, no, that's not for me. Too bad. 
You're marked by the blood. Put it on. We're not to be pessimistic or fearful or paranoid. We're supposed to stand. And this armor isn't a fashion statement. It's not for you to look good. The the, the armor that gets used a lot, it's dented. It's, it's a little beat up. But it's still going to protect you. It's still his. And you're still, you're still standing there in his power. We need to change the level of influence. We need to have no fellowship with the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's even shameful to talk about the things which are done by them in secret. And the them could be anybody. could be the politicians. could be the entertainers. It could be the global elite. could be pastors and preachers. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. You know, those works of darkness, the levels of evil influence. We need to be influenced people. We need to be uh, changing the influence around us. We need to have an effect on people and to change them and to change the direction of their actions or the way they think. And we do that by shining the light and the love of the Lord. And the antidote right now to everything that's going on is resistance. We must resist. But to resist, we have to do something first. James 4, 7, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That word submit is a verb. It means to give over or to yield to the power or authority of another. In this case, it's, it's the Lord, it's the Holy Spirit. We are subject to the treatment and the influence That's submission. We defer. We follow their ways, not our ways. We yield to them. We concede. We bow. We surrender. I think some of you have have been ineffective in warfare because you're still doing it your way or with your preconceived notions or you haven't yielded. You haven't submitted. Oh, why is the devil doing this to me? I'm, I'm resisting him, but he's not fleeing. Well, you're closer to him than you are God. And to get closer to God, you need to submit. You need to bow. You need to yield. It's his way, not your way. And we've got these attacks, these the influence of evil spirits, the Everything that's going on, the, the, the roaring lion looking to feed on somebody. And roaring lions will feed. But you know what they feed on? They feed on the slowest or the weakest, the sickest. They don't normally pick fights with the strongest. We need to be sober and vigilant. We need to be steadfast. We need to be on guard for the attack. It's going to happen. Anybody who tells you that the Lord does it all, the Lord fights for you, he sends angels, you don't have to do anything, but, you know, just kumbaya and stand there and God's going to do it all? No. No, I don't see that. I don't see that in the New Testament. What I see is we're being told about an enemy. We're being told to resist. We're being told to wrestle. We're being told to stand. We're being told to push back. That's what this world needs right now. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against 
the wiles of the devil. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual host of, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, meaning everything I just said before, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and Paul says in that in that regard, at that time and for me, that the utterance may given be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Last week we talked about the belt of truth. It holds it all together. It's the doctrine. It's what he spoke. It's what he wrote. The truth holds it all together. If the truth is not there, and if you've not grabbed a hold of it, the armor shifts, it falls off, it, it leaves areas unprotected. You need to get the truth inside of you. You need to get the word inside of you. I'm not saying you need to be like Jack Van Impey was, a walking uh, Bible uh, chapter and scripture and verse. The Holy Spirit will give it to you as you need it, but you have to read it. You have to consume it. You have to get it in you. The power, the potency of God's word both living and written, it's the truth. And with it, we win. We overcome. Without it, we get defeated. And then after the belt of truth is the breastplate of righteousness. That's probably where we're going to be tonight. The term righteous is referred to 558 times in the Bible. 425 in the Old Testament, 133 in the New Testament, so I guess it must be important. Isaiah 59, 17. For he, and he of course being the coming Messiah, put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing, and he was clad with zeal as a cloak. That's the, the visual of the returning King of Kings. Righteousness in the New Testament, like the Old Testament, comes from God. Dictionaries ref define righteousness as behavior that is morally justifiable or right, based upon the standards of morality, the standards of justice or virtue or uprightness. The, the Bible's standard of righteousness is God's perfection in every attribute, every attitude, every behavior, and every word. The Greek New Testament word for righteousness describes conduct in relationship to others, especially within the regards to the rights of, you know, things like business, legal matters, but mostly about our relationship with God. Remember what I said? It's God's perfection in every attribute, every attitude, every word, every behavior. That's impossible in the natural. 
but yet it's really important, so important, 558 times in the Bible. Psalm 33, 18 through 22. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death, to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our our heart shall rejoice in him, because we trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us, just as we hope in you. There is no hope without him. There's no hope of having righteousness. There's no hope of having anything without him. And the bad news is that true and perfect righteousness is not, is not possible for man to attain on his own. The standard is simply too high. But I have some good news for you. Would you like some good news? The good news is that the true righteousness that is talked about is possible for mankind, but only through the cleansing blood, the cleansing of the sin by Yeshua, by Jesus, the Messiah, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Ah, it's a package deal. We we can't be righteous in and of ourselves. We possess his righteousness. Second Corinthians 5.21 For he made him, God made the Son, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The truth, remember that, that belt, the truth. The truth is that on the cross, Yeshua exchanged our sin for his perfect righteousness so that we one day can stand before God and he will not see our sin, but the holy righteousness of his son, Yeshua. Remember I said, you got to have the spirit too. It's a package deal. John 16, 7 through 9, red letters. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the paracletos, the helper, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of what? Righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. The ministry of the Holy Spirit to unbelievers, and yes, he does minister to them, but what he brings to them is conviction. He takes their unbelief unbelief, to impress upon them the depth and gravity of their sin. That's what conviction does. And helps them to understand the, the, the triumphant work of Messiah on the cross. prove the availability of righteousness to them and that the defeat of Hasatan, Satan, would keep them from the judgment that is coming. 2 Thessalonians 1, 5-6, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you. Romans 1, 16 and 17. This is where it talks about the just shall live by faith. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Messiah, 
for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek or the Gentile. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from what? From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The righteousness of God is revealed by faith, ours in him, and by a life of faith. So that means when you live a miraculous life of faith, it is the evidence of being in right standing with the Father because of his Son. Does does that make sense? That the righteousness of God is revealed in you by faith. When you live a life of faith, it's the tangible evidence of, that you are in right standing with God because of his Son. Look at this, Psalm 11, verse 7. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. His face on them keeps them upright. That same look, that same countenance that holds us up, that same view from his eyes, is judgment on the world. Psalm 9, verse 8, He shall judge the world in righteousness. Psalm 14, 1 and Psalm 53, 1, both say the same thing. The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. And I know it's harsh, I know people don't like to hear it. Oh, God loves everybody. Yeah, well, he does. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. But what happens to those who don't accept him? What happens to those who turn their back on him? What happens to those who revile him and reject him and do all the things that have done? Well, first of all, God doesn't like that very much. And when he looks upon them, he has to measure them by their own righteousness. And what does that do? It means they've failed. See, that's where we come in. We get to give people the opportunity to get into right relationship with the Father. That's our job. Whether it's in natural ministry or even in spiritual warfare, our job is to help save people from destruction. You know, right now with this coronavirus, everybody's anxious for a vaccine, for an antidote. Why is no one anxious for the antidote and the vaccine to sin and death? Romans 10.3, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Revelation 16, 7 kind of covers that when he said, I heard, I, heard from another, I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. I'm not trying to bring you down. I'm not trying to preach gloom and doom. I'm trying to tell you that you have the antidote. You have the vaccine. You have the cure. 
Why are you holding on to it? Why are you not sharing it? Why are you not letting people know about it? Psalm 7, verse 17. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Psalm 23, verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of what? Righteousness for his name's sake. I don't, I don't know if I'm getting through. I don't know if you're seeing it. I don't, I, sometimes I don't even know if people want to see it. But I have no choice but to tell you the truth. I have no choice but to tell you what the, what the Lord wants you to know. That during these times, as we go through a reset of the world, a reset of society, a reset of business, a reset of finance, a reset of the church, we've got to figure some things out. We have to figure out what's really important. Philippians 3, 7 through 9, Paul says this, I once thought that these things were valuable, but I, and, but I now consider them worthless because of what Messiah has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Messiah Yeshua, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Messiah and become one with him. That's that whole clothed thing, endued with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law, but rather I become righteousness through faith in Messiah. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I will tell you this, you want to live according to the law, then you're going to be judged by the law. You fail in one aspect of it, you failed in all of it. Some people, whether they know it or not, are trying to live according to rules and regulations. They're trying to live by the law. Well, you better throw yourself on the mercy of the court and on the mercy of the king. Self-achieved righteousness that we call our own? Are you kidding? Obedience to the law, which demands ritualistic uprightness, will give me a, a right standing with God, something that I can never possess, something that I can never do except through the faith in the Messiah. That's the only way righteousness, true right standing will come, by faith in him. Let me break this down for you. The righteousness of the law is the righteousness that you would have when you stand before God if you had never sinned, if you had never broken God's law. We would be completely just in his sight. We would be pleasing to him because we would have never done anything to displease him. And that is impossible in our fleshly human nature. 1 John 1 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. The gospel, good news. I got good news. That God has offered you a different kind of righteousness the righteousness of faith. 
He is willing. He's willing to accept and consider us as righteous based upon our faith in his Son as Messiah rather than the perfection of living up to the law. He takes his righteousness and applies it to our account. He applies it to us. Now, what does this have to do with spiritual warfare? 2 Corinthians 10, 4-6, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into the captivity, to the obedience of Messiah. And here we go, being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. When Paul wrote that, he told it to the church in Corinth. Overlooking ancient Corinth was a a hill that was 1,857 feet high. And on top of it was a fortress. And he used that imagery, imagery as an illustration of the spiritual warfare he waged. He was destroying strongholds. He was casting down towers. He was taking captives, the fortress, the towers, and the captives were the, were the arguments, the thoughts, and the plans that was opposing the gospel. Paul was casting down all the satanic excuses given to man against the gospel message. You always have to factor in the fallen. Fallen man is under the influence of the fallen. They are influenced in their thinking and their motivations to resist the things of God. Specifically, to resist his son, Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua. Now, our obedience in the faith allows you to strong footing, warfare, for resisting against the enemy and to rescue the rescue of those lost in the fallen reasoning. You see, what that scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6 says, you can't resist something that you are complicit with. It's a conflict of interest. You have no power. You have no influence. You can't change anybody's thinking. You definitely can't stand against the enemy when the enemy still has a hook in you. So why the why the breastplate? Because you have to guard your heart. Where is that breastplate? It's over the chest. It's over the heart. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence. For what? Out of it spring the issues of life. What I call the heart of the matter. Bible talks about the heart 927 times. Hmm, might be important. Genesis 6, 5, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Why? Because they've been under the influence of the fallen. Psalm 7, verse 9, O let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the just, for the righteousness of God tests the hearts and minds. Psalm 10.13, why do the wicked wicked renounce God? And speaking of the wicked, because he has said in his heart, you will not require an account. You're not going to hold these things against me. 
I'm going to do it. I'm going to have fun doing it. And there's going to be no price for it. Yeah, let me know how that works out for you. Psalm 10, verse 17. The Lord, Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. You will cause your ear to hear. Psalm 15, 2. He walks uprightly and works righteousness, speaks the truth in his heart. See how this is all tying together? The belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, the heart, the truth. But here's a key one, and I stuck this in there. It kind of doesn't fit, but considering everything we're going through, I think it does. Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The amazing thing about the Lord's ministry, how how he reached me, wasn't through my mind. It was through my heart. That's where everything was. And for us, all of the treasures that we have, we keep them in our heart. We guard them in our heart. But Matthew 6, 19-21, in the Sermon on the Mount, don't lay, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where the moss, moth and rust destroy and where the thieves break in and steal. And we know who the thief is in this regard. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Some of you have treasured things in your heart that are above God, that are above your relationship with God, that are above the Word of God. You, tre- you treasure relationships, you treasure jobs, you treasure dreams and visions that you believe came from Him but did not. You hold things in your heart that keep you from having what he really wants for you. Matthew thirteen nineteen, which is where I mentioned we know who the thief is. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. And that's the one who received the seed by the wayside. You have to guard your heart. Satan filled Ananias and Sapphira's Sapphira's heart with greed and pride, which inspired them to lie to the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 5. We know how that worked out. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22. Now he who establishes us with you in Messiah and has anointed us in God has also sealed us and given the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Galatians 4, 6, God sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So or is, this, is this breastplate heart thing, is it making sense? Are you understanding that you cannot be in warfare? You cannot resist an enemy? You can't fight off anything, A, if the truth is not holding it all together for you. And if your heart is unsure, if your heart is compromised, if your heart is injured or hurt. I wish we were all in the same place at the same time and I could get a reaction to this, but let me let me just be blunt and you can answer it. Maybe if you want to write to me and share it, that's fine. 
How many of you are angry at God in your heart because a prayer wasn't answered? Or something didn't turn out the way you thought it should? Or or you thought you'd heard from him and you'd acted on it, turned out it wasn't him? How many of you are holding bitterness in your heart towards the Lord? The enemy's going to play on that. And, and, and because of that, this is what I believe. We have brothers and sisters out there that are hurting. They may not show it. They may look real good. They may show up to wherever you fellowship. Well, right now, nowhere. You may see them on online, FaceTime, or whatever. They may look good. Makeup's good. Hair's good. Beard's good. Whatever it is. Hopefully that wasn't a woman. No beard there, unless they're in the circus. Um, What I mean is they may look good and smell good and seem like they have it all together, but it's all a facade. They're hurting. They're hurting in their heart. They're hurting deep inside of them. And this is why I believe right now, especially right now, we need intercessors. We need people willing to put aside their cares, their concerns, and their feelings to intercede. Isaiah 59, 16, and 17. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him, and his own righteousness sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a blessed breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head, and he put on the garment of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. For what? Go back to the first part. People needed an intercessor. They needed somebody to stand into the gap. They needed somebody to stand up for them. That's what the disciples were doing. That's what they were doing with the church which wasn't big buildings or denominations with people's names on it. There was only one name that mattered. And they were going into the houses. And their position was, they weren't preaching themselves. They weren't trying to sell you anything. But Messiah, as Lord, Excuse me, and they were his bond servants. They had committed to be slaves to the king. Even though they'd been set free, they had bowed down, they had submitted to him. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua the Messiah. But we have this treasure, everything what you just said, that light, that treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power that gets manifested is of God, not of man, not of us. For we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Adonai Yeshua, Lord Jesus, that the life of Yeshua may be manifested into our body. A protective righteousness, not of the law or of works, but of love and faith. That faith allows you to move forward in difficult times. 
And in those difficult times, we have to stand together. And that's where we'll pick up the next article of the armor, the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. Father, we come, to, we come together. Everyone that's listening, no matter when they listen, we are touching and we are agreeing. And you said whatever two or more would touch agree and agree upon would be done. So, Father, we are touching and agreeing for your healing, for your deliverance, for your help, for your provision, for your answers, for your protection, for everything that we need in these times to do what you need us to do. We want to be about the mission. We want to be about the calling. We want to be about the kingdom. We want to set the captives free, destroying the work of the enemy. But Father, I'm asking right now for you to heal broken hearts. I'm asking you to heal broken bodies and broken bones. I'm asking you even to heal broken minds and spirits. I'm asking you to, from right now, Lord, from the throne room itself, to touch the hearts of your children. Reassure them. Comfort them. Hold their hearts in your hand, Lord. Take away the, the doubts and the questions. Take away everything that the enemy has done to them and what this world has done to them. Whisper into their ear how much you love them. I pray that you would bathe them in that love right now. And Holy Spirit, I, may, I know that you abide in us. Everybody keeps talking about you as an external thing, but I get it. I get it. You're in us. You're abiding in us. And I'm praying right now that in these dark times we would begin to shine. We would begin to glow. That we would be beacons of hope. That we would be beacons of help and rescue and safety. Beacons of deliverance. Beacons of, re of being able to go into the darkness and taking them out. And if anything's got a hold of them, breaking that hold off of them and bringing them home. Lord, right now in the spirit, right now in the natural, right now in every part of the reality that we live in, I call forth the power of the Holy Spirit, the fire, the fire of the Spirit. And if it's not in them, let it fall from heaven right now and fill them like on the day of Pentecost. But for everyone listening to me that has it inside of them, let it rise up. Let it rise up as if you'd tossed oil upon it or put some wood upon it. Lord, we want to be used by you. We want to be able to stand and move, and, and we want to move forward in these difficult times. We love you, and we thank you, and we ask all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Folks, stand. Don't hang in there. Stand. Keep coming back. Listen to it more than once if you need to. If you need to listen to it every day, do it. Share it. We need intercessors. We need people to rise up. We need to come together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom.
I'm Richard Grun. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn. Learn smarter. We should start a podcast. Yeah, we've all said it. But when it comes time to make it a reality, we get stuck. Well, here's some good news. With Spreaker, all you need to start a podcast is a microphone and a good idea. Spreaker handles the recording, management, distribution, and monetization of your podcast, allowing you to focus on making a podcast. Whether you're discussing the latest moves in the tech sector or just your dating life, Spreaker gives you tools to make your podcast a hit and professional insights about who is listening and where. And as your podcast dream grows, Spreaker only becomes more useful, letting you upload and schedule multiple episodes at the same time, push to multiple platforms, and customize RSS feeds. But what about making money? With Spreaker, monetization is as easy as checking a few boxes. So next time someone says to you, we should start a podcast, Say yes and let Spreaker handle the rest. Learn more and get 30% off at Spreaker.com slash get started. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com slash get started.